back to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Seth Macy, and this is a series where we don't really talk about the technical jargon editing of photography. That's better left for YouTubers and other people. Um, I think that's what makes this show so much different, and from the feedback I've been getting, I think that's really what's gotten um, listeners like yourself who's listening on board. Um so today I'm going to be flying solo. There's no guest today. I, I've done this once before. Um, it was well received and I'm, I'm looking to do it a second time today. Just, I feel like it's necessary when I'm, I feel like I have a lot of things I want to talk about, things that I'm utilizing in my own daily life that are working for me. Um, and maybe they'll work for you too. I mean, that's what this is all about. Spreading the knowledge. Um, spreading the love, spreading inspiration. And, you know, if there's a few things that I think uh, will help translate your photography game and help tell, sorry, excuse me, help elevate it to the next level, um, I'm going to be sure to to touch on that. So today I have four main things I want to talk about, and I'll just kind of summarize what they are before we really get into um, detail about them. And I'm sure I'm going to go off on a tangent. That's just in my nature, that's how I am. But I think the first one we're going to talk about today is uh, seeking advice from people who already have a track record, um, who have established credibility in their field. Um, and these people are mostly a lot older than you. They have a lot of life experience, which you can't teach. Um, and it's like getting, for example, you would want to get nutrition information from somebody who's in shape. Um, you would want to learn how to be a a swimmer from somebody who's good in the pool. Um, You wouldn't take relationship advice from somebody whose relationship you don't envy. So really situating ourselves with those kinds of people who are experts um, in order to elevate ourselves and to get better ourselves. Um, We're also going to talk about today how failure failure is inevitable, kind of the two-step forward, one-step-backward mentality. Um, and then at the end of the day and over the long term, you can look back and see how successful that method is of, of moving two steps forward and one step back because that's net one step forward. And that's all we care about is moving forward. Um, and, you know, gaining the confidence with each win, but also realizing that we gain knowledge in each failure. Um, third, I think it's really important. Um, I got a lot of questions on this before in the past is how to go about pitching um, pitching your services, just selling yourself in general, whether it's to a brand or to your audience, how to really stand behind what you believe in. Because if, if you're not your own biggest fan and, and you don't believe in what you're selling, nobody else is going to. Um, and how to deal with the rejection when we get shot down by a company or a brand or, or whatever. Um, how to deal with that. Because I think that's a big fear, whether people realize it or not, that inhibits them from uh, excuse me, doing the things that they want to do. Um, we got to ditch that. We got to get rid of that. And, um, you know, going through 40 no's to get to one yes, who cares? At the end of the day, you got the yes. So we're going to talk a bit about that. And I think we'll finish with the proper way to set and smash attainable goals. Um, I find a lot of people, myself included, I used to do this in the past, would come up with this big audacious goal um photography or or outside of photography it didn't matter um and the analogy i can give is being a little kid staring up at a giant mountain or even just you don't even need to be a little kid just staring up at a giant mountain um 
if you treat your goal as a, if you set your goal as a giant mountain, it's going to overwhelm you. Um, and there's no way you're going to be able to accomplish it. So maybe to keep using that analogy, looking at the mountain and finding each, um, each little checkpoint along the way, um, we can do that with our goal setting things that are, you know, realistic to get to the idealistic overall endpoint. So, I mean, let's kick it off by just diving into each one of these topics. I'm going to, you know, I call it my cerebral vomit of throwing up all my thoughts that are in my head, kind of treating this as my, um, my, uh, journal in a way, I guess, but it's cool that a lot of you guys are vibing with it and getting down with it. Um, and it's so cool to hear when I, or when I get a message from, from somebody who's listening to the show and they say, Oh, like that, that thing you said, that's exactly me. I mean, that's what I'm going for. So, um, seeking advice from people with a track record. Um, this could be situating yourself with, uh, photographers who, are in a position that you already want to be in. Um, we did an episode a few, uh, well, actually quite a few episodes back now with Dave Sanford. Um, and you know, Dave's one of the coolest people I, I met and he's, he had been shooting for longer than I've been alive. And that time frame and all that time that he's accumulated that knowledge, um, it, you just can't, you can't teach that stuff. Um, so if you can somehow find a mentor or build a relationship with people that you look up to, you know, don't annoy them, but just like pick their brain. Um, I invited him on the show. Um, he's, it was just a golden amount of knowledge he was able to share over an hour and a half. And there's a saying that goes, I can't, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. I, and I'm not sure who said it. Um, that if you hang out with five millionaires, you'll be the sixth. Um, if you hang out with five intelligent people, you'll be the sixth. If you hang out with five people that are um, really in good shape, you know, it's going to happen as well. Um, so starting to treat that thought as an inevitability, if you start telling yourself the story of, if I really get involved with these people, learn the way they think, learn the way they get down with stuff, how they approach things. I will eventually absorb that knowledge whether I want to or not. Um, For me, I've personally situated myself with four other awesome photographers, Mike Nooch, Noocherino at Nooch10, Mantis Photography, Aaron Manis, Brett Blakely, which is also his Instagram, and Adam Danny, which is at Adam R. Danny. Um, and you know, I'm the youngest of that group and all of those, those guys are so talented and they're so, um, inspirational and going back to being the youngest, not that it really matters, but at the same time, um, they have so much more experience than I do at the game of life in general. And it's so important to learn certain tendencies that don't even relate to photography, just life in general, um, how to live a, a a wholesome and fulfilling life and, and to, you know, enjoy the things that we're doing all the time because that positivity is going to spread into our photography. But to cycle back, you know, these guys, I've just found myself, myself shooting wildlife more and more and more because these guys are so into wildlife for the most part. And the other day I posted, I got a shot of an awesome osprey, which if you don't know, is a a predatory bird that, uh, mainly hunts fish. Um, and I, I took an awesome photo of one, but these guys have been doing it for the last, you know, half year. And it made me think 
my, like, my God, I, I, I didn't even try. This is just a byproduct of hanging around these people. So really do your best to find people that you look up to and just be creative with how you can get an in with them. Um, even just send them a DM people with blue check marks on Instagram are regular people. They go to the bathroom like you and I, they sleep like you and I, they eat and drink like you and I, they're just regular people. And you'd be surprised how many people, um, will actually get back to you and in a timely manner. Um, you know, when you're out shooting and you see somebody with a camera, pick their brain, um, ask for their Instagram, ask for their email, getting in with them. Um, you're going to pick something up. And I think that's really, really important. And taking that a step forward or another step further, if there's somebody who you see on Instagram, for example, a photographer you see on Instagram, who's just absolutely killing it, you know, model their captions. What are they doing in their stories? Are they shouting out other photographers? Are they adding a bit of personality? Um, are they doing before and afters? It's not, we don't, it's not copying. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. What we want to do is model success, you know, work smarter, not harder. Um, find hashtags that these people are using that they're having their own success with caption in a similar, um, you know, maybe this, a similar length or just how they're, um, designing it with the spaces and things like that. Um, don't, obviously there's a bit of personality each caption if we're using that example. So don't just, you know, get out your thesaurus and change words. My point being model success, find things that are working for them. Cause if it's working for them, it's going to work for you too. Um, and build a relationship, build, build, build relationships. That's what social media is. That's what it's made for. And that's how the people who are really, um, running away with the social media game and growing and followers and growing in relationships and networks. That's what they're doing. They're constantly, constantly, constantly talking to people. You got to talk to people and you got to get in with the right crowd. All right. Number two on our list, failure is an inevitability taking two steps forward and one step back. Um, I know it's so cliche, um, to say, Oh, you know, failure is important. Everybody's failed. You know, at this point, everyone's tired of hearing that. Um, but if you really break it down and just and beat it to death and figure out what that statement or um, what that statement or moral of the story is, is you just got to you got to persevere. And when you have a win, when you succeed you got to attribute that towards your confidence. You need to level up with your confidence when you have a win and you need to let yourself when you need to recognize when you've won, take a moment, you know, and be proud of yourself for what you did because it's going to boost your confidence. And the next thing you do is going to be even easier. And then when you fail, find the power and the knowledge that you've learned. You now know um, that whatever you just tried doesn't work. And that's a positive way to put a spin on failure. You now know not to do that thing that you did ever again because it's not going to get you the result that you desired. And to me, that's a win. That's one less permutation. That's one less thing you have to try. Um, And you can go knocking on other doors to find out or try out other things to find out what's going to work for whatever you're trying to achieve, whether it's um, maybe you found a a hashtag that just um, is killing it for you or a group of hashtags that's killing it for you. Or maybe you've found um, the perfect uh, 
the perfect way to bracket a shot. I don't know. You could you could pick whatever you want, um, but also know that everybody at everybody you ever looked up to, everybody who is in places of power in their field or in places of admiration in their field, they've like they've fucked up over and over and over and over again. And I can tell you, like, I even messed up on the first. Um, quarter of this podcast it wasn't recording through my microphone um what did i learn from that i learned to make sure i check my my audio sources before i even start um because you know i'm, I'm not going to do that again now um you know i've overexposed shots that were going to be epic only to get back to my computer and um find out that they're unusable i've done everything everything you can imagine um it's just really how you embrace failure. And once you accept that you're going to mess up and it's not going to be the last time and it's not your first time, once you're just cool with that and you get down with that, man, life is, and, and photography, I, you know, I don't want to sound preachy because I, you know, I still have a lot of life to live and I, I'm still learning all this too. But from my experience, when you really get down with it and you're just like, okay, um, that was pretty stupid. I'm not going to do that again. And you just kind of don't take yourself too seriously. Um, you're going to be have a lot more um, fun and enjoyment out of your day, whether you're shooting or not. And the goal is in order to progress at a net positive rate towards our version of success, whatever we've outlined that to be, is to have eventually over time more successes than failures. Um, it's what we're trying to do is let that one failure, um, spark plus two in the win column. And if you do that over and over and over and over and over again, when you get to your desired outcome, you'll look back and you'll see the journey that took. And that's when, that's when you finally embrace. And that's when you finally understand to come full circle here, why failure is so important. Um, and I think it's really important that we dissect that. Uh, as opposed to just listening to people ramble off about, oh, failure is important. Why? Um, and that's truly why I think it's important, because you need to see that it was part of the process that developed your learning, that developed your way of thinking, which got you to the win, to the desired outcome that you set out so many months, so many years, so many days ago. Number three that we have on our uh to talk about listening, a great segue for what we were just talking about, um, how to develop a pitch and how to deal with rejection. You could say that when someone doesn't go for your pitch, if you're pitching a company or a brand to do a shoot for them, let's say, and they don't go for it, we could consider that a failure. Um, but this is when it gets so important to find out, maybe just always be asking why. So, why didn't it work? Do I not have enough followers? Did I maybe um, pitch a company that was maybe too far out of my league to start? Should I should I be pitching companies that are maybe closer in my audience range um, in terms of numbers? Was I too wordy? Did I send too long of a of a blurb? Um, was the medium wrong? Should I have been sending an email when uh, I sent a DM instead? Um, should I have been sending both? Um, did they ghost me? Um, did I not follow up? Um, I'm going to keep going because this, this is just an example of so many things you can find out about why your pitch maybe didn't work. 
and maybe why your pitch failed that you can then use moving forward. You can try it. In marketing, there's a thing called um, the A-B split test. And the idea of the A-B split test is that you find out the strength and weaknesses of two separate pitches. So for example, let's say I'm wanting to do a test on the ideal length for a pitch. So I write one that's basically the same wording, except one is 150 words and the other one is 50. And I send out 25 pitches of each to different companies, let's say. That is a quite large number, I realize. Maybe let's say 10 each. So 10 of the 50 word, 10 of the 150 word, same verbiage, same language, just different companies. And we'll see which ones come back with a more positive reply rate or people who are more accepting of whatever you've pitched. What you learn from that A-B test is you'll either learn that the 50 word pitch is better or the 150 word pitch is better. Okay, so let's say the 50 word pitch was a lot better. Now what we're going to do, we'll pick something else to A-B split test. So maybe we'll use that same wordage. So we'll use the 50 words and we'll see which is more responsive, whether it's Instagram DM or email. So send a 50 word pitch, 10 emails to companies, 10 DMs, see which ones do better. Maybe let's, so now you see that maybe Instagram DM is working better. Okay, you kind of get the idea. So if you continue to A-B split test, you can refine your pitch. You can refine your pitch. And I always recommend saving in a Word document or in if you're working on Mac in your notes. Um, save a script for all these companies that you're pitching, whether it's for portrait work, headshots, um, you know, trying to become a brand ambassador, um, stuff like that. Always save them and then personalize them to the company. You're not going to get, you're going to get nowhere fast if you're just kind of copying, pasting a generic uh, pitch to companies. They can tell, um, I can tell when I get a message that's just copy paste and it goes right in my trash can. Like I don't even get three words in. Um, So don't do that. The whole idea is to be personable. So if you can include um, an element of credibility, I mean, your, your work speaks for itself, especially if you're doing DM. Um, Definitely list other companies you've worked for if you're pitching a company. If you're pitching headshots, definitely include headshots that you've already done. Just as, you know, you need to have proof. It's the classic example of people who are are trying to become a server. Um, Do you have serving experience? No. Well, you know what I mean? It's It's kind of a chicken and the egg thing. But the good thing is you can create your portfolio with photography. You can go take headshots of friends and then... You know, put them in a suit or something. If you're trying to do LinkedIn headshots, no one's ever going to know. You can build your own portfolio. There's no excuse. Um, There's products lying around your house. Um, So when you pitch these people, you can have a portfolio. You're credible. Um, You want to tag those companies that you've worked for in your pitch. You want to keep it personable. So there's personality to your pitch. You're not just generic copy pasting because like we said, that's so easy to tell. And I think third, um, you'll want to follow up, especially when you don't hear back. Um, These bigger companies, things just get lost. Um, I'm really referring to 
um, in this this little segment here about pitching brands and companies to get paid or to do product exchanges, you really got to follow up. Social media is so fast. Um, if you're finding yourself barely being able to keep up with 3,000, imagine a company that's got 400,000. Um, follow up. Send both an email and a, and a, uh, a DM as well since we're really talking about Instagram on this series for the most part. And the other thing you got to get over is if you're one of those people listening and you want to be pitching companies and you're not, chances are you're probably pretty you're probably pretty scared of rejection. It's that same anxiety you get when there's that girl or boy that you want to go talk to and you're just so nervous and you can't bring yourself to do it. Um, and then they walk away and you kick yourself for the rest of the day. Um, why, why didn't you? And at the root of it all is that fear, that fear that I'm going to get rejected. They're going to say no, and I'm going to feel badly about myself. Well, (laughs) again, this, we've heard this a million times and it's more easier said than done. Who cares? You're never going to see that person again. You're never going to hear from that person again. Who cares if you make yourself look, or if you, if even if you just make yourself look like an idiot, you say the wrong thing or you, there's a typo or whatever. There's so many more companies and brands out there that you can keep up with. Um, Use it as a learning experience. You should be messaging. If this is your desired outcome, if you're wanting to get brand work and company and corporate work, commercial work. You got to be messaging people and you really got to get over that fear of being rejected because at the end of the day, no one gives a shit. No one's going to remember you. No one's going to talk about you at the dinner table. And especially there's a level of, you're not face to face with who you're pitching in this day and age. It's all electronic. So you may get rejected, but at least there's less level of vulnerability. You're not face to face with someone. Um, so really there's no excuse. And if you can consciously just tell yourself, so what if, so what if they say no, I'm in the exact same place I was prior, you know, and now I have a chance to refine my pitch, maybe evaluate why it didn't work, do some more AB testing and hit the next one up. Um, that's really, it It really comes down to just simplifying, simplifying that concept. Who cares people are going to get rejected you're going to get rejected 40 times and that one company is going to say yes um i was reading a story about i think it's it was kentucky fried chicken the colonel and he pitched his herbs his the famous herbs and spices that's on kfc he pitched that to you can look this up hundreds hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people or uh, restaurant owners, and they all told him to pound sand. Um, but eventually he hit that one. He hit that one that gave it a shot and realized how good it was. And the story was, I think he was he was in his 60s when, when this finally panned out for him, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, had no money. I think he was on living off of Social Security or welfare or something like that. You can look at, you can look it up. But that guy won because his mindset was just, it's going to happen sooner or later. If I knock on every door in the neighborhood, someone's eventually going to give me the time of day and they're going to give me my shot. Um, I know how good my product is. I've, you know, 
Uh, I'm not doubting myself. It's a damn good product. Just all I need is one person to say yes. And when that one person says yes, I'm golden. And that's exactly what happened for him. And now the company's worth billions. Um, I personally don't agree with it. But just for the example, it's perfect. Knocking as many doors as possible. Get the door slammed in your face as many times as possible. Because all you give a shit about is that one that keeps it open and talks to you for, for a few minutes. All right, moving into our final area of discussion today, the proper way to set and smash goals. So I'm going to go over kind of how I set my goals for the week, for the year, um, for the day. Typically, I like to do the SMART goal model. Again, we're being really cliche, but it's, you know, people say these kind of things over and over and over again because they work. Uh, if you don't know what a SMART goal is, it's an acronym. It stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So let's let's break down an example. Let's use one of my own personal goals as as an example. So I want this. This is my goal. I want the Photographer Mindset Podcast to have ten thousand downloads by Christmas of twenty twenty. So that is extremely specific. I'm not saying I want the podcast to do well. That's very broad. I'm saying um, I want it to do 10,000 by Christmas. It's measurable because I can see at the data the growth in followers on a weekly, daily, monthly basis. It's definitely attainable. I've decided it's attainable based on just the rate at, at what we're going. Uh, it's realistic. Um, I'm not being absurd in that sense. And I put a time frame on it with Christmas. Uh, I find that if you don't put a time frame on your goals, if you don't promise yourself that you're going to have, that you're going to accomplish this goal by a certain date, it's just going to slip through the cracks and fall through the wayside. Uh, another example could be, uh, I want to be able to run a 25 minute 5k uh, it, by the end of six months, another example of a specific goal. And it is so important that these get written down, not typed into a phone, but literally written down. There's something about writing that burns it into your brain. I've found, I don't go anywhere without my pen and notepad for, not only my to accomplish to my to-do list, my to, I call it my to accomplish list because it has a better ring to it. I don't go anywhere without that. Um, I write all my short-term, long-term, and medium-range goals down because what you focus on, you attract. Uh, I can use another example. Uh, you, maybe a couple years back, uh, I didn't know much about, you know, I wasn't very financially literate, let's say, and I, I was kind of a reckless spender. I would buy stuff and not really, I didn't really understand the idea of compounding interest with credit cards and stuff like that. So after a little bit of learning, uh, I decided I want to had I wanted to have my credit cards at zero debt, zero dollar balance um, by a certain time frame. I can't remember the time frame I put on it. Um, so what I did is it sounds ridiculous. My screensaver on my iPhone was a big number zero for months. It was just a zero. That was my iPhone screensaver. And the idea behind that was that every time I went to go open my phone or look at my phone, that zero would stare me dead in the face. And 
it just, I just couldn't avoid looking at it and being reminded of that. And sure enough, it was at zero a few weeks later for the first time I can remember since I had had a credit card. Um, but that, that just goes to show you that when you write stuff down and it's in a visible place, it's not out of sight, out of mind, it's in front of you, it's, it's going to happen because it's just going to be constantly on your mind. So it's so important to write this kind of stuff down or put it in and put it in a place that you can see. Uh, the other thing too is is you got to break down these these giant big audacious goals. If you're saying, you know, I want to make photography my full time, uh, my full time gig. I want photography to provide all the income and more that I need to live, so that I can quit my job by 2022. You got to work backwards because that is um, that is a giant mountain of a goal, and if you're at the bottom staring at the summit it's going to overwhelm you and when people get overwhelmed they back out of things i know that from experience so the way to maybe do it is to break that thing down into steps that you can follow that are attainable just like the smart goal the a for attainable and realistic um so maybe in that sense it's okay to be able to do that and make that segue over into that career. I need to save a little bit of money. So I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to spend less um, in the in the near future so that I can save a little bit more money so that I have a nest egg when I go for this thing. Um, I need to maybe um, invest in gear that's going to allow me to make money from photography maybe it's a mobile portable backdrop for portraits i know i just brought bought a drone which is really cool and i'm excited for the creative aspect of it but i'm going to hopefully get really good with it and shop that skill set around to real estate agents realtors commercial developers things like that so Using that example as photography, if you're wanting photography to be your full-time thing, find a way to break it down into steps that make sense. Because I think so many people don't make the leap because it's just too absurd. It, the goal is too high. The same thing, I'll use running again because I've been I've, I've gotten into running in the last year. I used to hate it so much. I used to hate it so much. But I think I've learned to love it. And one of the reasons I've learned to love it is because I've been tracking my progress. One, I've seen my times get faster, which is always just a great dopamine rush. You're proud of yourself and you want to keep doing better. Um, But, you know, when I'm running outside, here's an example of, of how to break things down. Rather than thinking about the remaining four kilometers I have left in a 5K, Rather than thinking about that, all I care about is the telephone, the next telephone pole in front of me. And I'm having this internal dialogue with myself as I'm running. I'm saying, just get to the next telephone pole. Just get there. And then as soon as you get to that telephone pole, you take a little little minor celebration. Okay, where's the next one? All right, let's go to the next telephone pole. Run, 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 run. You hit it. And then you look for the next one. And then over the course of you know, 20, 25 minutes, You've hit the 5K and you haven't even been focusing on it. You've just been focusing on <laughs> on getting to telephone poles. So to use that as, a, as an example, if you can find your telephone pole in whatever big audacious goal you're going for and just stay focused on that, eventually they'll all line up for what you want to do. So it's going to take a lot of planning and, and, and things like that. The uh, There's a similar 
that's sim- there's a similar story in a real life story with um what was his name the guy the real guy from lone survivor i forget his name right now he re- he he wrote a book about it anyways he was a navy seal in combat and he was wounded in afghanistan in a firefight fell off a mountainside um broke his back broke bo- broke both of his legs and he was the only surviving member of his squad and he needed to get rescued. Um, and what he says he did in an interview was his phone. So first of all, his satellite phone wouldn't work. So he couldn't get in contact with, um, you know, his base to come help him. He needed to get to a place where he had service. <clears throat> so what he did, remember, he can't walk, broken back and legs. He would draw a line in the dirt and he would drag himself to that line. And then as soon as he hit that line, he would draw another line in the dirt with his hand. He'd drag himself to the line. He did that for seven miles. Um, A bit of an extreme example, but it just goes to show that even in the worst of situations, if 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 you're down on yourself right now, you feel like you're in a really shitty position. I don't don't know your story or, or what's going on in your life, but drag yourself to that line in the dirt. Because eventually you'll get to where you want to go and it's going to be a lot easier than looking the seven miles ahead that you have to go. So that's all I have for today. Hope you guys enjoyed my cerebral vomit, <laughs> um, my my way of thinking, things that have been working for me. Um, if, they're work, if they work for me, they're going to work for other people, um, whether you absorb them in the same fashion or if if you put a different creative spin on it um really excited about the upcoming guests for the show we got some some heavy hitters coming up i don't want to spoil the surprise uh we have our first portrait photographer who's going to come on either next week or in the uh the coming weeks i haven't decided yet we haven't done any any portrait photographers yet so if you're one of those people who's into that make sure you make sure you check that out Um, Other than that, just as always, want to express my gratitude for everyone listening. Uh, You guys are the best. Thanks so much for writing to me. And if you have messages or ideas about the show, things you want to hear or people you think would be awesome to come on, by all means, send me me a direct message on Instagram. I love to talk. I'm a talker. Um, And something really cool will come of it, I'm sure. So... Until next time, everyone, go get shooting, go get editing, and stay focused. See ya.